or you can get into the flow of what God is doing. But if you sit there and look at us, you can never receive to the level of those who worshiped. I'm going to say that again. You can never receive to the level of those who worship because worship opens up your spirit to what God has to say. Come on, come on. It opens up your heart to what God has to say. So if you don't worship and you this there, then guess what? You'll walk out of here with this much when the worshiper walked out of here with this much. Come on. How many worshipers do I have in the house today? How many praises do I have in the house? And I'm telling you, it makes a big difference. That's why even as the pastor, I'm sitting over there in my corner worshiping so that I can receive as the Holy Spirit speaks today. Amen. And so you want to make sure you worship. Also, on your way out the door, I don't want us to ever get stale with not inviting people to Rock City Church. So uh, on your way out the door, just have somebody at the table. Grab at least four or five of these. And this week, I want everyone that will be obedient, please, to give this to at least five people. All right? You don't have to know the five people. Sometimes uh, uh, Lady Ray and I are in the restaurant. We'll leave them with our tip, right? Wrap the money around it. They always like the tip, right? Uh, you can leave them anywhere. Bless somebody with it. I see people in the street. I'm a blessing to them, and I just give them this and say, hey, I would love to see you Sunday. So we got these cards so that you, some people don't like to talk. Right? Some people don't feel comfortable talking and inviting people verbally. So this does all the heavy lifting for you, all right? But you do have to, it's not a robot. You do have to give it to them, all right? So we're asking everyone that will do that. Be a blessing. Uh, how many people know somebody that needs Jesus? I mean, that's just a simple question, right? You know somebody that needs Jesus. And this church is about Jesus, right? You always hear me say, welcome to Rock City Church. We're what? Jesus is Lord. Amen. And so that's so important that you understand it. So take a bunch of these on the way out the door. Um, and we just ask that what you take, you use, so that we can be a blessing to people. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, look at somebody just smile. Some of y'all look so serious. Smile at somebody and just tell them, I'm so glad I'm sitting next to you. Come on, tell them. If you don't mean that, then just, you know, move your seat. <laughs> so glad I'm sitting next to you. So glad I'm sitting next to you. Uh, all right, I, I want to jump into this. And also, just real quick, we're going to let you know about the fellowship next week. Um, we were supposed to have some ICs today, but the store was closed, Q said. So next week, we're going to have some goodies for you. Every Sunday in July, we're going to have some goodies. Last week, they had some pretzels. Um, we're going to give you some more carbs and sweets next week, all right? So we're going to work on that. And then uh, also, uh, in September, I just want to plant this seed in your ear. In September, we're going to be starting back up our City Life Groups. Woo! Amen. So I want you to get excited about that. That's going to be an awesome thing. Uh, we're going to get that rolling back up in September to be a blessing. And there's some great things. We want you to find your place in Ruach City Church. Amen. Amen. Find what God has called you to do in Ruach City Church. Amen. So I, I want to uh, pick up where Pastor Rick left off last week talking about um, our new series, Counter Culture. And man, this is... Um, this is going to be an amazing series. I'm really feeling something special on this series of counterculture because when we look at our culture today, man, we, have, we are a culture that is existing and trying to push Jesus out of the culture and push Christ out of the culture. But uh, what I want to do is I, I want to lay a good foundation today. Is that all right? So that you can really understand the importance of culture. One of the things I love to study is the culture. I mean, if you go to my house, I have tons of books on culture from all different perspectives on what culture is and what it means. Um, from a Christian perspective, from a non-Christian perspective, from a 
philosophical perspective, from a theologian's perspective, uh, all different kind of perspectives on the culture to try to understand what this culture thing is. Uh, and I want to kick off by looking at this, this quote, um, well, this statement really that God had given me some time ago. And it says, Satan's kingdom was birthed when Adam sinned. And people serve that kingdom every day through the same thing that birthed it, rebellion. What is rebellion? Rebellion is defined as open resistance to one's government and ruler. Once you think about that, once you think about that. The enemy's kingdom, and I can take you all through the Bible and show you where the enemy's kingdom is real. It speaks of a kingdom of darkness that does exist. And then you have the kingdom of God, which the Bible speaks of that does exist. The enemy's kingdom was birthed when Adam sinned. And today, watch this, he sinned through disobedience or rebellion. And today, people continue to serve that kingdom through rebellion. What is considered rebellion? Rebellion is a political term. It is not a, your kids are being hard-headed term. <laughs> you know, my child is so rebellious. That's not, rebellion is a political term. And it means open resistance to one's government or ruler. So when we see people today that are not following God and they are in rebellion, they are in resist, they are resisting or they are being disobedient or not following one's government. Who, who's the government? The kingdom of God, right? Because we all were made and created in his image. So while I'm going through what culture is, I want you to understand the origin of how society really got into the situation that it's in. And then we're going to backtrack a little bit and look at a couple of things. I want you to write this statement down as well. I always encourage you to bring your, uh, your book and your pen so that you can take notes. You know, the kid that always came to school without any notebook and pen and a book bag didn't do too well in school, right? Uh, so I want you to get in the habit of taking notes. Something happens when you write it down, tweet it, whatever you got to do. But it's important that you do that. The earth, and I want you to write this down. The earth went from a garden to being filled with wickedness. The earth went from a garden to being filled with wickedness. And that's Genesis chapter 6, verse number 5. All right? Somebody say amen. Amen. Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, I love one of my favorite scriptures. We're going to look at that a little bit later today. Um, when we talk about culture, one of Adam's original assignments, according to Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, and if you never read the book of Genesis, I encourage you to read the book of Genesis. It's an amazing book in the Bible. Genesis is considered the beginning of all things. So I believe firmly, uh, and again, I, when I used to teach my students, I taught Bible college for I don't know, about five, six years. And when I used to teach them, I used to always say, we can't understand Exodus to Revelation until we can digest Genesis. Amen. Because Genesis is the first of everything, right? Genesis Amen. is the beginning of all things. And so when we look at Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, one of Adam's original assignments was to produce culture. To produce culture. I'm going to define what culture is in a minute. Uh, culture, and he also told them to uh, cultivate it, to dress it, to tend the earth. So he told them he put man into the garden. We're going to look at it in a minute. And he told them, I want you to dress it, keep it, or to produce culture, to cultivate. All right? Uh, look at this scripture in, in Nehemiah. Uh, I need the latest foundation real good for us. All right? And this is uh, the people of Israel in the book of Nehemiah. 
It says, none of our kings, our princes, our priests, our ancestors followed your law. Man, sounds like today, right? They actively rejected. <laughs> actively rejected. People are consciously rejecting God these days. Right? They know there's, there's a Christ, but they do not. Even those who know that he and they believe in Jesus, they consider themselves Christians, but they won't follow his ways. Right? Actively. That's called actively rejecting. Um, sorry, jumped. Uh, they actively uh, rejected your commandments and ignored the many warnings that you sent. Verse 35. Even when they had everything. When they ruled in their own land without worry, according to your great generosity, God is still good. When they relaxed into the spacious and fertile land that you set before them, even then they refused to serve you or turn away from their wicked way. Man, God still wakes us up this morning. He still gives us health and strength. And even then people still reject Christ. Wow. Amazing. Verse 36 and 37. And we are once again, because of our rejection of the laws of Christ, we are once again slaves in the bountiful land that you gave to our ancestors for our pleasure and enjoyment. Watch this Christianity. It's not about rules and do's and don'ts. God gave you things to enjoy. Christianity is supposed to be exciting. It's not about uh, being boring and I got to do this and do's and don'ts. It's not about do's and don'ts. He says, you gave us territory for our enjoyment. Mm -hmm. You ought to be excited as a Christian. He says, we are now slaves in our own territory. Because we did not obey your word, did not walk it out. Now we are slaves in our own land. Verse 37, we have sown sin and the labor we provide on this land Feeds the kings that you have placed over us. Mm. Man, does that sound familiar? Yeah. Right? You work in nine to five, some of us nine to nine to ten, whatever hours you work, two, three jobs, and you never feel like you can get ahead. Right. We're not talking about the one percent, we're talking about the 98, 99% of society, which has to work and work and work, and even after you retire, you still barely have enough. They said the retirement age no longer is 65. They're moving up to 68 and 70 because people are living longer, and it's more expensive to live. And that's not the will of God. That's not the will of God for you. Why? Because as you work in, who are you making richer? The kings. The bosses. Everyone that sits above you. Right? You're working and you're toiling and making them richer. Our bodies and our beasts and our animals at that time, they had farms, do not belong to us, but they belong to them. Wow. And somebody may say, well, I belong to my... No, you don't. Because <laughs> when that clock goes off, you get up because your check is telling you to get up. Come on. Right. And if you don't show up, what's going to happen? You're not going to get paid. Sure. Don't get quiet. Come on. Your body belongs to whatever company you work for. <laughs> your body belongs to your mortgage. Your body belongs to your bills because you would rather be doing something else, but there's a king that's ruling above you. That's good. That's good. That's good. That's there's good. an authority that's ruling above you. Man, I'm preaching better than y'all saying amen. That's all right. It's going to get good in a minute. I'm going to give you some, some candy in a minute, all right? I got to give you some vegetables first before I can give you the candy, all right? Right? So there, there, there is an authority that is ruling over you, that's ruling your body. He says, and they do with us what they want. Our distress is great. Yeah. Yes. Yes, Lord. Our distress is great. 
they make decisions over our life. Why? He said it is not supposed to be like this. He says the people of God are supposed to work because of their talents and their gifts, but never to work for provision. That means that God can make you a multi-millionaire tomorrow and still have you go to work and you're not working for your check. You're working because God has somebody on that job yeah. he wants you to reach. Yeah. That's yeah. a different level of motivation. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, y'all are quiet. Yeah. I'm talking about real kingdom assignment. Yeah. I'm talking about doing what God really called you to do. He can make you wealthy and give you many houses and land. And your job is not about your source. It is about what has God called me to do in this earth? What assignment has he given me? Come on in, somebody. He said, but because of sin and because we are rejecting God, our job and our talent now holds us captive because we are sowing that to somebody else. And when we get to church Sunday, we're tired. We just want to make it here. We beat ourselves to get here. And that's it. While Pharaoh takes the rest of the six days. How do we give God the leftovers and give Pharaoh the best of our talent and our time? Because the culture has dictated how that goes. And God said that's not what it's supposed to be. He says, well, if you get locked in me, my, I, I want you to enjoy life and have pleasure. I mean, do you see that? I want you to enjoy life and have pleasure. Being a Christian is supposed to be about enjoying life and having pleasure. But man, you look around the room sometimes, some people are like they are miserable Christians. And you're not supposed to be miserable as a Christian. You're supposed to be excited. You're supposed to be happy. You're supposed to be in enjoyment. But what? There's a king that's sitting over you that's not Jesus. And today we want to shift that. Oh, y'all quiet today. That's all right. Today we want to change that. And make sure that you are sitting under the right authority. Amen. Somebody say culture. culture. Look at this in Romans 4 and 13. It says clearly God's promise was given to the whole earth to Abraham. To give the whole earth to Abraham. And his descendants was based uh, not on his obedience to God's law. But on the right relationship with God. So God made a promise to Abraham in the book of Genesis. God gave him the whole entire earth to not just to him, but his descendants. And when you read Galatians, it says that he said to his descendants, which means Christ. So through Christ, we have access to the promises of Abraham. He says, watch this. But it did not come because you were perfect. It came because he had a relationship with God. And what I'm trying to tell you today, Christianity is not about being perfect. It's not about following the law to the letter. It's not about making sure I cross every T and dot every I. If that was the case, I would be messed up. I don't know about you. I know you all are perfect, and I'm the only messed up one in the room. But, man, if it was about following the law, I would be messed up. But thank God, he's not about law. He's about relationship. And what coming to church is about, thank you, Brother Barry. Coming to church is not about law. I'm not trying to get you to follow the law. But if you fall in love with somebody, man, I would not want to ever do anything to hurt my wife. Why? Because I have a relationship with her. And when you fall in love with Christ, you would never want to do anything to hurt or offend Christ. Because it's not about the law. It's about relationship. Somebody say it's about relationship. So Christ is not here today in order to push you more to the law. He is here to push you closer to a relationship. My passion as a pastor is not to get you to follow the Bible to the letter because I know if I can push you towards Christ, it's not about following. 
My relationship with my wife is great. I don't have to worry or try to be a good husband. I want to be a good husband. I desire to be a good husband. I ask God all the time, help me to be a better husband. Help me to be a better father. Why? Because I have a relationship with her. Relationship will always trump law. Relationship will always trump law. Thank you, Lord. And that's why Christ says, I want a relationship. Because if I can get into a relationship with you, we can change the culture together. That scripture in Genesis, Galatians chapter 3 and 16, real quick. Uh, Now to Abraham and his seed where the promises made, he saith not unto the seeds as of many, but also one. And thy seed, which is who? Say it loud, which is? Which is Christ. Genesis 2 and 15, that scripture I said, give me 15 minutes, we're almost there. And the Lord took, and the Lord God took the man and what? Put him in the Garden of Eden. Look at this, to tend, to guard, and to keep. I love this, to tend, to guard, and to keep. Now the word culture, and what you see this, culture means to prepare, it's the dictionary, soil, for the planting and raising of crops. So we look at the definition of what it means to, to have a culture. The culture, the word culture comes from the word cultivate. And culture means to prepare, preferably soil, for the planting and raising of crops. That means that something is expected to come out of the culture. Amen. Yeah, my God, my God. Yes. It, it is not just that's the way it is. No, uh-huh. something... <laughs> is expected to come out of the culture. There there is somebody that is preparing the culture to bring forth a mindset. There is somebody that is preparing the culture to redefine marriage. There is somebody that is redefining, that is telling the culture to tell us how to live holy and how not to live holy and we should do whatever we want. We are free spirits or we have an animal spirit. You ain't no animal. I have the spirit of a tiger. You don't have the spirit of a tiger. If God wanted you to be a tiger, he would have made you a tiger. I asked somebody coming to me and say, what spirit are you? I said, I'm the Holy Spirit. I'm not a spirit of an animal. Well, my kindred, my kindred spirit is, is, is a lion. I said, well, God didn't make you no lion. Where's that out in the Bible? All right, you, you are a child of God. You are, how are you going to reduce yourself to an animal when he made you in his image? How are you going to reduce yourself to an animal when God made you in his image? He said, you're in my image after my likeness. Are you hearing me here, somebody? He said, watch this culture. Something must grow out of the culture. So here it is. I'm almost there. God creates the the Garden of Eden. He places Adam in the garden to do three things. What are the three things? Name them. Well, yeah, he did that too. But (laughs) before we get to name the animals, he told them to tend it, to guard it, and to keep it. Which means, watch this. The culture of the kingdom must be tended to. And it must also be guarded because someone is trying to get access to the kingdom culture. Someone's trying to get access to redefine the culture. He said, Adam, I want you to tend it, which means that grow it, expand it, work that culture, make sure that I come out of the culture. And I want you to guard what you tend and I want you to keep it, maintain it. 
So it will not lose its potence. Yes. But somebody has been off yes. of their guard. Somebody in the church has stopped tending, stopped guarding, and stopped keeping. And now the world is telling us what culture is. Oh, wow. Adam, I want you to tend guard and keep it. Why? Because there's an enemy out there that wants to redefine the culture. Yeah. He wants to grow something else out of the soil. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He wants something else. He, he wants something to come out of the soil that doesn't look like me or sound like me or doesn't walk like me. Come on. He wants something else to come out of the soil. But I've given you the task to tend to guard and to keep. I know I'm excited, but I get happy when I hear this. I would say I never I, I never been to a football game where everybody's sitting there quiet, but in church they'll be always quiet. I'm louder in church than I am at a basketball game. Because this word makes me more excited than my favorite player hitting the hoop. Come on. I, I get excited when I hear about this word. Tend, guard, keep. And when you got saved and gave your life to Christ, guess what your assignment is? To tend, to guard, and to keep. To tend, to guard, to keep the culture. Why? Because every time we turn the TV on, flip a magazine, the enemy is always after the culture. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because things grow out of the culture. <laughs> Habits and behaviors come out of the culture. Definitions come out of the culture. Ways of life grow out of the culture. So if the church decides to be a part of it instead of tending, guarding, and keeping it, we're in trouble. Mm. We're going to be in trouble. Look what happened here. Are y'all getting something today? Yeah. Look at this. Look at this. this, is, this and this is really good. This is really good. Uh, uh, Genesis chapter 4 verse 16. Now watch this. And we're, we're almost there. We're getting closer. Now, you know the story, right? What happened to Adam after he disobeyed God? Adam and he, they got kicked out of the garden, right? Watch this. The culture, <laughs> they got excommunicated from the culture because their disobedience or rebellion which is a political terminology that means what? Uh, 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 against one's government or ruler, right? Uh, which means they have made a decision through their rebellion that I'm not going to serve God. My rebellion said that I choose to serve another provider, another king. Wow, wow. So watch this. How can, I, how can I guard, keep, and tend if I can't serve the one that put the culture there? Right, right, right. Right? I can't do it. So they get excommunicated from you got to read your Bible. This is amazing. I mean, this is better than, than days of our life. I mean, who needs days of our life? What's all, what's all the soul problems they want? Who, who needs loving hip-hop when you got the Bible? I mean, it's, it's, it's better. It's better than that. Who, who needs basketball-wise, man? Okay. The Bible is better than basketball. It's some, it's some juicy stuff in the Bible. Right? It's, it's amazing. I mean, I love reading it. Uh, watch this. He says this. And this is what? They get kicked out. Adam and Eve have children, right? Cain and Abel. You know the story, Cain and Abel, right? If you don't, go home and read. I don't have time. Uh, and in verse 4, verse 16 through 17, so Cain went away from where? The presence of the Lord. Would you see that? Cain, who was the son of Adam, when Adam was kicked out of the garden, they had children outside of it. And I really believe in my heart, and some theologians argue and say that Adam really tried to relay after he realized, you know, what had happened as a result of his disobedience, tried to really relate that kingdom culture to his children. But it wasn't working. 
So Cain went away from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod. Nod means wondering, because when you're not saved, you're always wondering. When you're not in the presence of God, you're wondering. I know you think you're right and you got it all together, my degrees, and I went and saw a counselor and I know I got it all together, I got my plan. You're wondering. Because anything outside of God, you're wondering. I'm just being honest with you. I don't care. You know, I don't care if you, if, if, if you become the CEO of the biggest company tomorrow, you will not be happy inside. I know a lot of wealthy people who are miserable and they are wondering. Because they're outside the presence. Because you were not designed to live outside the presence. You were created in the presence. So you can't live outside the presence. Just like you were created. Uh, 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 your body was created to breathe oxygen. That's how your body was created to breathe oxygen. And if I try to put you on a planet that has no oxygen, guess what happened? You will die. It's the same way with the presence of God. You were designed to live in the presence of God. Without him, you are wondering. Wow. And what he was doing was wondering, the Bible says, east of Eden, verse 17. And Cain's wife, one of uh, Adam's offspring, became pregnant and bore Enoch. Watch this. And Cain built a city and named it after his son Enoch. Look at this. He left the presence of God and he chose to build a Come city on. outside the presence. Come on. Come on. Culture. Come on. He wanted to build a city outside the presence of God. And instead of giving God homage for his skill to build the city, because he was outside the presence, he wanted to name the city after his image, Enoch. Come on. And so we have people giving homage. We have people giving homage to their image, to their likeness, to what they create. Instead of giving God homage, why? Because they're outside the presence. This is the first example where we see the culture being coming out of the ground outside the presence of God. Yes. Look at this next verse real quick. He said in verse number 20 to 21, 22. And, and Adar bore Jabal. He was the father of those who dwell in the tents and have cattle and purchase possession. And his brother's name was Jabal. Uh, he was the father of all those who play the, the lyre and the pipe. So watch this. Here it is. Culture is now being produced outside the presence. Business is being produced in verse 20. Music is being produced in verse 21. Come on. Iron and metals and things are being produced outside the presence of God. Why? They're trying to figure out how to survive without God. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And this is this is, that's why I tell you when you look at what's going on today, it's nothing new. It's been happening since Genesis. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's nothing new. So I, I don't get all worked up with all the craziness that's going out there. My job is to bring people into the body of Christ and to also not only guard it and keep it, but to make sure that those who are here stay. Yeah. And grow and become who God has called you to become. Yeah. Because what's the purpose of me bringing people in and I can't keep it? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep it. Your job is to be a keeper of culture. That's good. Your job is to tend to it. Look at the scripture. Uh, this last, this last uh, quote that I want to give you. Culture is the continuously evolving product of people. Yeah. Interacting with each other. It is created and transmitted into society. It is created and transmitted into society. Watch this. God says they created their lifestyle outside the presence of God away from God 
And here it is, watch this, God sent his son in. That's why when you read, I don't have time to go into today, uh, when you read uh, Jesus here on the earth, and he was always in, I mean, he was really, he stayed in trouble because he was contrary to the culture of his present, of his day. I mean, he was he was really a counterculturist because he, he definitely, uh, he said, you say this, but I say this. Yeah. Um, you, you, you say do it this way. You say uh, 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 not to, he said, you, you say don't sleep with another man's wife. He says, I say don't even look at her and start lusting after her. I, I mean, he, he was implementing different different culture from where he was from, right? And it was always confrontational, right? But he had to dwell among the people and live among the people and become a product of the people in order to transmit what he had into society. Amen. So Christianity is not about locking yourself up. We don't want to lock ourselves up in the church and right. just have revival among ourselves. Right. Right. We need people that are saved in finance. We need people in yes. music. We need yes. people in the arts. We need yes. people in education. But if you're there, you have to be able to transmit your kingdom culture into society. That's what culture does. Culture is a kingdom concept, not, not a world concept. They stole it from the book. They stole it from the book. I can't get any any earlier in the Genesis. It is the first book. And I just showed you in Genesis where culture was created. Yes. And the enemy wants to redefine the soil. He wants to redefine the soil because he's trying to grow something else out of it. Wow. Gosh. But if we have praying people who will pray and stay committed to God and say, I'm going to stand with God. It's not about how I feel. Many days, just you can't be a Christian. Close your Bibles. You can't be a Christian according to how you feel. Christianity is not about feelings. It's not about feelings. It's not about how I feel. I don't feel safe. I'm going to do what I want to do. It's not about feeling. It's about knowing your identity and who you are in God. Even as the pastor, there's some days I feel like, man, I don't feel like I want to do this and do that. But you know what? I know who I am in Christ. And you got to know who you are in Christ. I want you to be confident on who you are in Christ. Look at somebody and say, I'm a king's kid. I'm a king's kid. Come on, y'all saying it pretty weak. Say, I'm a king's kid. Look at somebody and say, I'm a child of a king. I want you to put your Bibles down and stand to your feet quickly. We're going to pray. Rob, you can come up. You're gonna, we're going to pray and we're going to believe God today. Watch this, that you're going to become not just somebody who's just in the church, but I, I want you to become somebody who's going to tend, guard, and keep the culture. Amen. He gave Adam the assignment with the culture. He says, hey, I, I need you to guard this culture. I need you to till this culture. Yes. I need you to keep yes. this culture. Woo. And then I, I want you, watch this. He told him, I'm going to put you in the garden. I want you to spread the garden of Eden. Yes. Spread the garden of Eden. He was created outside the garden place. In the, the garden of Eden was not the whole entire earth. It was not the whole entire earth. It was a geographical location that God placed Adam in and told him to spread the garden. God places you in the church, in the body of Christ, in the kingdom of God, and he tells you to spread the garden. Come on, come on. But while you're spreading, you got to make sure that you're tending, guarding, and keeping what you're spreading. Yes. 
You got to make sure that you are attending, guarding, and keeping what you're spreading. And don't let the enemy redefine the culture of the kingdom. He says to love those who hate you. Man, I know you want to slap those who hate you. But he says love those who hate you. Love those who despitefully use you. He says, how many times, I had a friend of mine call me, he said, he says, man, how much, he was having a rough day, he said, I don't know how much more I can take. He says, I, I've had so many people betray me just this week alone. He said, how much more can I take in question mark? He put question mark, question mark. And I answered him, the Bible says 70 times 70. I put exclamation, exclamation, exclamation. The Bible says if somebody offends you, Alex, 70 times 70, forgive them that many times. And then over and over. That's kingdom culture. That's tough. But we have to protect the culture. Come on. Our culture says forgive. Our culture says love. Our culture says be one. Our culture says we're family. There's no division. That's our culture. And I'm not going to let the enemy cause me to hate somebody or be jealous of somebody. I'm going to be excited about what God's doing for you. I'm going to be excited about your promotion. I'm going to be excited about the fact that you started a business. And whatever I can do, I'm here to help. That's my culture. Hallelujah. I remember one time I had a boss. And he, was, and he told me, he says, Andre, you know, I need you to entertain clients. So sure. He said, but when you entertain, you may have to drink in order to entertain with them. So that's not my culture. Amen. <laughs> he said, yeah, no, no, but it's okay. I said, no, no, it's not. It's not my culture. I said, where I'm from, we don't do that. Amen. And he had to respect that, hey, that's not my culture. My people don't do that. Amen. My people don't have to compromise to get business. That's not what I have to do. I don't have to move my values over in order to get business. I don't, I don't. Come on. If you decide to do it God's way and don't be like Nehemiah was where they said we have sinned and now we are slaves to the system. We are slaves to the kingdom of this world when you have given us the earth to enjoy and to have pleasure. God wants you happy. Can I say that? He wants you happy. It's time for you to be happy in life. When's the last time that you said to yourself, I deserve to be happy? Sometimes I got to tell myself that I deserve. I don't deserve to be going through every time I turn around. I deserve to be happy. I'm a child of God. I deserve the best. I deserve to be happy. I deserve not to be stressed and overworked. You got to speak that, that you deserve to be happy. Come on, tell yourself, I deserve to be happy. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of the King. I deserve to enjoy life. So, we're going to sing this. All the reckless love of God, just the chorus. And I, when we sing that, I want you to think about the price that Christ paid for you. I want you to think about it. But they were saying it, and tears began to come in my eyes because I said, God, I just thank you for your love. Oh, yes. It's a love that I can't even begin to comprehend. It's a love that I don't deserve. It's a love that is just uncomprehensible, yes. the love of God. Yes. That even though I don't do everything the way you tell me to, you still love me. 
As many times as I promise I'm going to do it right, and I break promises all the time. Come on, am I the only one? God, I promise I'll do it. I'll do it, and we don't do it. We get in trouble, God. I promise, and we don't do it. We break it every time, but his love is so reckless. His love is so reckless that he still loves us. He still takes risks with us. He still loves us and put his arm. That's love. So I want you to lift those hands up. And I want you to close your eyes and I want you to really think about Jesus. and your peace thank you for your culture let your culture become our culture we will grow our marriages out of your culture we'll raise our kids out of your culture <laughs> we'll order our we, 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 will, we will do business out of your culture we will be employers and employees out of your culture we will live every day out of your culture and not their culture and help us to be good gardeners help us to tend guard and keep what you have given us and we vow to give you praise we vow to give you praise in Jesus name come on somebody lift those hands and just begin to thank him Reckless love. 
Grab your seats quickly, we'll let you go. How many people enjoyed the word today? Come on, the word works, the word works, the word works. It changes lives. It changes lives. Listen, I want you to make sure you get those scriptures and you feed yourself all week long. And guess what? When you get this revelation in your heart and mind, God will begin to download ideas that the world has never seen before.